Hey guys, welcome to part two of our conversation with Andre and Susanna. And this is about shifting desires and intimacy. And so I hope that you enjoy part two. If you're just now jumping into the program, I want you to stop and go back and listen to Monday's podcast drop. That's part one. This is part two. I hope you enjoy. I wonder how jealousy works for the two of you because your relationship feels really open, really, <laughs> both of you. And so I'm curious if a decade in, does jealousy even come up anymore or because you have all these other practices? Yeah, absolutely. Jealousy comes up and it comes up differently for each of us. Um, and I, I feel sometimes there's this idea that jealousy is something that you shouldn't feel or this like ugly thing that you like keep tucked away. Like, Oh, I'm feeling jealous, but I can't talk about it because if I do, then I'm going to be that person. That crazy um, person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the answer is yes. Jealousy still comes up in our relationship and that doesn't stop us from loving, enjoying the lifestyle that we live. We just talk about it. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling jealous because um, you know, we haven't had a lot of time together recently and you're going off to see this person and, um, there's nothing you have to do about it. I just want to share and let you know that I'm feeling this. And then now it's up to the other person to like, we could just take that and say, thank you for sharing. We go about our day or is there anything I can do to like support you in this? Um, tell me more about that jealousy. So if you're, I, like traditionally i'm the less jealous of the two in our relationship i have i have a um, i have like a you have a little parenthesis <laughs> no, please go um that just came to me actually in this moment i'm realizing that jealousy actually shows up a bit differently and i'd love to hear your perspective on this that i typically consider myself to be the person that has focus on the love bond and usually in a relationship there's one person that will be the the voice of the unity and love bond and then another person who will be the voice of sovereignty and freedom and those are the two like it's like belonging and freedom are sort of our mm -hmm. fundamental needs as humans and so as we come together each person needs both of those things but one person will be more active in speaking about one of them and in that typically the person that is wanting the unity will tend to be the one that is a little more anxiously attached and then mm -hmm. will feel jealousy in a way that is like um that is like if you're spending time with other people i may be i may be jealous of the experience of like them being able to have time with you and tell me if this resonates with you but for the other person who's seeking sovereignty you may feel jealousy around the sovereignty that i get to experience in my like in your how you allow me freedom so like you allow me space and freedom and you wish that i would provide you that mm. same freedom and that's actually how you experience jealousy how does mm. that sound yeah i like that <laughs> this, this just happens right now happened. i like it <laughs> oh you're, you're witnessing and a download our, our yeah, processing so, so jealousy is essentially it just experienced in different ways based on different um, needs that are being met. And the more that we can honor that each person will experience some kind of jealousy and jealousy can either be the product of a trauma that I'm experiencing. That's like, oh gosh, this person's going to leave me or the product of 
an agreement that's been broken in the relationship. And then it's determining which that is like, is this my work or is this our work together? And to what we've discovered is the more space that we can hold for jealousy and for any other dark feelings that come up, shadow feelings, the more we can come closer together, we can come closer and be like, yeah, and be deeply connected to each other because then we don't have to hide. I'm wondering, I, I know that we're being once interviewed, but how does jealousy show up for you <laughs> in the in the relationship? <clears throat> I would typically say never. Like I feel mm-hmm. I'm, I, again, I'm more like you, Andre, and that I like have this huge capacity for people and humans and love. And, um, but lately I've noticed as he has, if, as we've really bonded, so we've been together a year and a half, I'd say we're still in that honeymoon romantic, you know, and as we've really bonded and he's um, really shown up in his masculine of you're fucking mine, like in a sexy way, like, you know, mm. when you're in bed and you're like, oh, you're fucking and you're having that sex where it's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> then I'm starting to feel that a little. And I've noticed in the last four months or so, we started to have these little like speed bumps in our relationship where like a woman will come just to him and say, Hey, I'm really interested in us rekindling something we had in the past. Mm-hmm. And he'll say, well, but our dynamic, him and I is we only date women and we only date together. Mm-hmm. We're in where you guys were a decade ago, where we love having love sex that. together and we get off on watching <laughs> each other. And, um, <laughs> So he'll say this is our dynamic and she'll say, oh, I'm not really interested in Jen. I don't really, or I don't do women or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then he's like, okay, well, you know, and then we had another thing happen in like the last week or so where someone wanted to just have coffee with him. And then a week before that, we had another. So there's, <clears throat> can you hear me? My third talk yeah. <laughs> where I'm like, oh, what is this constriction where this, these women want him and they don't want, it's a new feeling because typically mm-hmm. it's, it's it's me. The guys are like, let's go, Jen. And I'm like, I can't go. We're over here doing things together with women. And so, yeah, it's been really interesting to watch it, witness it, feel it come up just a few days ago that I feel crazy feeling. I had breakfast with a friend this morning and her and I were both confessing to each other and holding space for each other over breakfast tacos about this feeling. It's happening again. This feeling of I'm crazy because I want to know where he is and I want to know who he's talking to and all this stuff that you think you're really, you know, mature and evolved in your evolution of being open. I'm a more evolved human, but the same fucking feelings happen as married people that are monogamous. And they're like, why is my husband looking at the waitress in that way? It's the same thing. Ooh, girl. Yes. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, I have and continue to feel feelings like that, that not like they stay as challenging as they do at the beginning. They get easier and easier to work through. Um, But I most definitely have sat with jealousy in like some deep ceremony. (laughs) And it is in what I've discovered about it is that jealousy is a portal. And if we want to, we can, the more we really focus on it and and spend some time with it and ask like you're doing, like you're aware and you're witnessing it. What is this? Where is this coming from? What is this like in my body? Where is it in my body? What is the memory associated with it, et cetera, right? All of those things 
will lead you on a journey of discovering yourself and discovering the places where you are resisting full unconditional love. Wow. <laughs> That's really where it comes up. That makes sense. I feel like I'm getting therapized right now. <laughs> this is a great therapy session. <laughs> Thank you for this interview. <laughs> we do it for each other. I mean, I, I honestly wish I, I had had someone to reflect that back to me because I did so much. I feel like I did so much of it myself because that's also like my nature is to mm -hmm. hunker down and do it myself. And I was, I mean, I was a mess. There were times when I was like on the floor shaking and crying and screaming. And like, it was painful to build this relationship and the strength and the connection and the love because there were so many parts of my being that were resisting love in all of its forms. Um, so it's, it's not an easy path. And also I think it's the most rewarding path I've ever taken. I say to him all the time that he, he, this relationship is my greatest accomplishment of this lifetime. And it was worth it. <clears throat> it was so worth the crying worth on the floor. Oh, Andre, yeah. when you witness her melt down in that way and feel her feelings and really let it flow through. Um, <clears throat> and I'm thinking back to the decade that you two have been together, because I'm sure you witnessed it more in the beginning, even maybe than now. And maybe that's not true, but does the like masculine in you want to jump in and save her and help and like save mm -hmm. her from the pain? Do you allow it to flow through? I'm curious, you know, you're still openly dating other people when you, when you notice that you do something that may, you know, cause her pain or trigger something that makes her feel pain. How do you deal with that? Are you like, look, babe, this is who we are. And I'm like, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. You can keep feeling your feelings. Or is there some yeah. other process that you go through? Yeah. Wow. What a great question. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I feel like it's been an evolution of a journey in the way that I have processed those moments. The initial times in the beginning, there was frustration. There was anger, speaking on my part. Frustration, anger of not fully understanding why this was affecting her so heavily, so deeply, after all we talked about and after all the agreements and after us like getting down to the finest detail of what our guidelines and boundaries were and still this is showing up, there was that more the wounded masculine that was coming up. Mm. And over the years, I can, I can confidently say, maybe she can yeah. affirm that, that that has shifted, that the way that I see that and the way that we approach those moments, which are far fewer and not as intense, but they can still happen, is showing up more in that straw masculine, which is seeing her go through this experience, giving her that space to have that experience rather than trying to jump in and like fix this and like try to make everything better so that I can feel better. Let's be honest. Like mm -hmm. I want her to feel better, but I also want to feel better. And allowing myself to sit in the discomfort of like, ooh, man, the woman that I love more than anything is having a moment and I just want to go over and like hold her. And there's also like asking, like, does she want that? Like, you know, 
how can I support you in this moment? How can we, you know, talk about this a little bit more while also not losing myself? That's the other piece, because sometimes when our partner who is hurting in pain, physical, emotional, we're wanting to fix it because if we don't fix it, then we're going to feel like shit and we don't want to feel like shit. So how do I allow that to also not affect me and allow me to live the life that, you know, makes sense to me? while also holding space. Mm -hmm. So it, it, there's never a one like size fits all. It really depends on what has happened and what's going on. But that's why I say it's an evolution because where I was in the beginning was much more from like a wounded, defensive, cornered place of you're just doing this to like hurt me. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like it's more of a My kingship. Person. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. And I can imagine how this works because I've been in plant ceremonies, Susanna, where mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. do witness someone in their own space processing their own thing. And the leader will say like, don't go touch them. Don't go console them. Don't lay your hands on them. Don't give them a hug. Like just let them feel and process. And it's the same thing happening outside of ceremony, right? Where you're like, absolutely, just need I mean, to go to my room and cry for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and we do. And also, um, and at the beginning, I remember some of the anger was more like he would get really frustrated and very angry when I cried. And that was a lot yeah. of his triggers around what crying meant and mm. like resisting crying because also as men, they've been taught that crying is weakness and all of these things. And I cry a lot. That is one of the ways that I like move energy. And so both of us learned boundaries with each other of me being like, I'm going to cry, even if it makes you uncomfortable. And him learning like, oh, you get to cry and it doesn't have to be about me. Mm. And you get to have these big emotions. And to me, all of this is was creating like our individual sovereignty of like, this is my process. And then it also encouraged each of us to learn to say what we needed in the process. Because at the beginning, I would just have a meltdown, but I wouldn't have words to describe what I was feeling. Yeah. It was just like, like a toddler, right? right? They're like having the tantrum in the middle of the grocery yeah. store. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> ah! yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. So that would be my process. And Andre would um, not be able to fully show up because I couldn't express. So now we're in a place where we can do that, where we can fully express and I can look at it and go, is this only mine? Is this like a, a shadow that I have that's that's been something that I'm working through from my family, from my past? Um, or is this a, a trust issue in our relationship? Is this something that we need to work on together? And then I get to speak that. And I will say that I do believe that the feminine in general tends to be the vessel, and I'll say this like, sort of particularly the vessel for the healing in the relationship, at least right now, because women are taught to express their emotions a little more than men. And so sometimes I felt like I was actually moving not just my own emotions, but also his and ours together. And so I want to give women and female bodied individuals like more permission to show those emotions because they may not be just for your healing. They may be for both of you. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can do it in a way that doesn't like lash out or like harm the other partner, but you're just moving that energy, let yourself do it because it will actually heal both of you. Um, yeah. 
That was beautifully said, by the way. I really, really enjoyed listening to that. The other piece I want to make sure that I mention is that we have been doing this for a decade. Mm -hmm. And I often hear people talk about how relationships that they've been in transition by choice because that dynamic didn't match what they've seen others. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, but they're so communicative or they have it all figured out. And obviously we keep running into this, you know, issue. That means that this isn't my person and I'll be able to find the next person and carry along all of the, the trauma or the baggage that I had from that last relationship into this new one and not solving anything. So this takes work. Like this, <laughs> this did not happen overnight. And I share that because sometimes there's like this, maybe some hope that I hope can be like presented when I say we are here because we've gone through some tough shit. Mm -hmm. And if you're in tough shit, that doesn't mean that it's hopeless. Mm -hmm. You just might not have had the tools or the types of agreements that we've created and learned and unlearned and made mistakes and more mistakes. So I just want to make sure I say that to all of the listeners mm -hmm. that if your relationship is not somewhat matching what you're hearing today, that's okay. Like there's time to go and work on that and don't give up hope. Which leads me to my final question. Tell me about Open to More. Tell me about your program. Mm. Well, in Open to More, um, we just packed it full of all the tools that we wish someone had taught us when we were going through this. So we talked a little bit about the rituals before. Mm -hmm. um, and Open to More is both a, like a theoretical and an experiential course because we believe in learning in different ways. And so there's like, we tell stories about what we've experienced and kind of examples of that. We also talk to like the theory of what we call the CAST method, which is communication appreciation, safety, and trust. And if you can have those things in your relationship and then come back to them on a regular basis, then you're good. Like you can really set a relationship on that foundation. Um, and then we also, ex we, we give you examples and show you and take you through exercises of the rituals that we do. So for example, one ritual is where we sit, it's called an intimacy share. We sit across from each other, we don't look at each other, but one person speaks for seven minutes and the other person is just receiving mm -hmm. and it's sharing like what's on their heart, what's going on in their world, what is challenging, what is easy. And the more that you share that and the other person is not responding at all, they're just letting the words wash over, um, that, that facilitates open and authentic communication where it might have been scary at first. So we teach you how to do things like that. Um, and then encourage you to put it on a calendar so that you can have it on a regular basis. We, jealousy. we go over jealousy. Ooh, buddy, did we talk about jealousy? <laughs> talk about that. We had a full on like disagreement argument during filming, during filming <laughs> which because so much of our past started to come up during that process. So it was such a sacred process for us to go through. Um, and we capture a little bit of that on camera <laughs> so you get to see it. 
And, um, and then we also talk about if you are exploring the play world or exploring the open and polyamorous world, we give you like definitions of what things mean and also some tools on how to like find other people, like like-minded communities, things like that. Um, so we really set you up to explore this world, um, with everything we could possibly imagine <laughs> that helped us. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I can say Nothing to add. Did. So that's your course together. Each of you also have your own offerings in the world. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go over them really quickly? Sure. So I have my coaching that I do, which is um, somatic embodied sex and relationship coaching. And then I also do sacred intimate work where I'll work with individuals and couples in a more embodied space through sexual healing, very like therapeutic and I also do surrogate partner therapy as well. I love the offerings that you have there. I told him, I think within a couple months, I was like, you are a sex god. Yeah. I was like, I don't think you understand. <laughs> we've, we've recently changed it to sex demigod because, you know, it can be a little aggressive to say sex. <laughs> sex demigod, you have such a gift for healing and he healed so much of the sexual trauma in my body just by being with me and being close to me so i get i get so thrilled to see other people getting to receive that and and that has really melted a lot of like jealousy and other like attachments away because i love watching him like share his gifts um i run metamorphosis which um also has a uh, actually a 508C1A attached to it, which is opposite embodied metamorphosis, which allows us to serve sacred medicines, um, specifically mushrooms, psilocybin in the United States uh, under the Freedom of Religion Act. And so we serve that in retreat uh, settings. And then we also, I also run microdosing courses as well as one-on-one -on -one intensives with that. And all of it is related to transformation change like mm -hmm. and creating the tools in your life whether that's sexual or it is um embodied in other ways and yeah what a perfect end to the podcast i feel like we just came full circle <laughs> this whole thing has been about more metamorphosis and change and fluidity and transformation so thank you two so much for being on I can't wait to share this podcast with the world. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for being edgy. Thank you for being willing to be edgy. Thank you for taking videos and showing us like little snippets of what your life is actually like and for empowering us to also do our own change. Thank you, Jennifer. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for that reflection. Hey there. Did you know that I do online coaching? Yes, I do online coaching in the sex and relationship space. Some of the topics that are near and dear to my heart are open relationships. So that includes polyamory, swinging, or what we call the lifestyle. I also love conversations around online dating. We're talking Bumble, Tinder, Field, and more. And then the last thing that's really passionate and close to my heart is conscious uncoupling. That means we get to break up with people with love and respect, with dignity and hope. We get to create a life for our children that gets to be a little bit different. We can do things better than we have in the past. So if any of these topics sound interesting to you and you'd love to get some coaching from me, check out the link in the show notes or the link in my bio for more information on coaching with Jen.